Welcome to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast, where facts, logic, and reasoning are at the forefront of every conversation. And in this episode, we're going to talk about balancing career and family. We will discuss how do you effectively balance career and family, what conversations you should have with your spouse when you get married about your career aspirations, if you have children, how do you spend time and quality time with them, what are some strategies you can use to maintain a balanced marriage? And lastly, what are some ways to balance family and work? With my special guest, Judy Winbush, licensed professional counselor. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we delve deep into this issue. Welcome back to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast. And as we did say in the intro, we're going to be talking about balancing career and family. And one of the reasons why we wanted to do this particular episode is that there's been a lot of, you know, after COVID, there was a lot of strain on marriages because in those situations, you know, you had some people who were in dual income earning families. All of a sudden now in some situations, only one person ended up working. So that meant that one person might have stayed home or it just put so much strain on the family. So even that, even though for the most part, We've sort of put it behind us to an extent, even though it is still active and around. It really caused a lot of strain on marriages because some people fell behind financially. And it also required the couples to, you know, actually have to be together a little bit more than they normally were together. And people weren't just used to that, especially if you were from a dual income family. So we decided to do an episode on how you could balance career and family. Now, We're not going to go into a ton of stats. What I will say here in the beginning is that most people who did a survey from a while ago, uh, pertaining to male and female, both were pretty similar in this regard. They said that they both, when they had fulfilling careers, meaning they're working the jobs that they were working on, it also made their marriage a little bit more pleasant, happier, and more fulfilling. So men, about 57% of men said that was the case and about 46% of the women said that was the case. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on my special guest. Would everyone welcome Mrs. Judy Winbush? Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. All right. We're recording this particular episode uh, over the uh, New Year's break here. So we decided to put this together and I had Judy, you know, we were near each other this particular time. And as I said before in previous episodes, if you, this is Judy's fourth time. This is Judy's fourth time coming on the podcast. And if you listen to the wrap up, uh, the year in review episode that was released uh, before, I mentioned that she was on two episodes that's in the top 10 for the highest listenings. And the one was don't let money ruin your marriage. That's my second most listened to episode. And then the one we did with a, do you believe in soulmates is number six? So obviously, oh, wow. yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So obviously <laughs> I, I wanted to have you come back on. So we're here and we're going to talk about this particular topic and you've been married for a while. So you can obviously, you know, tap into some of this stuff and you've raised children and everything. So the first question I'm just going to throw at you and just ask you is how did you, how do you do it? How do you balance career and family in your particular household? Well, very carefully. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a, a short answer, very carefully. But there are three very different elements that we're talking about here. 
Sure. Career, family, and household. Those are very, three very different things. So the first thing I think is that's important is that you have to identify goals for each person, individual and family goals as well. You should always maintain your identity while you're building a family and a relationship. Secondly, I think it's important to prioritize those goals, making it a priority in your life. You can have goals, but they don't have, a, have to be a priority in your life. For instance, if you want to go to school, that may be a goal or it can be something as easy as, you know, making a date night every week or I want to go to Disney World every summer. And number three, plan and execute. Balancing always means that you have to have planning. That's a discussion or several long talks about what will and will not work between the both of you. And also you have to be very flexible with what you guys want to do because nothing is a perfect plan all the time. You can plan and execute, but you have to be willing to be flexible with what you are talking about. Sure. Now in that particular situation, what you're, you're describing, you, you touched on a, a, a few really good things. And one of them is like with that balance between family, household, and children. The key to it is sort of, I guess, giving everyone as much time as you can in that situation where it is not going to always be equal, but at least, you know, there, there's time being spent on all three things. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why I think this is an important thing because a lot of times when we're working, we get wrapped up in doing so many things. We forget, you know, we forget you know, how important it is for us to say, spend time with the children or how important it is for us to spend time with the spouse. And so sometimes during our everyday lives, we're just sort of walking through it and not realizing if we're neglecting or, or, you know, giving them enough time. And in your particular situation, how did you manage to do it? We do have to pull back from certain things a lot of time to, give our efforts and our attention to what is important. For instance, my husband loves to be, and he has to be on his phone a lot. Social media is for sure an attraction for lots of things. And I am not, and never have been on social media. I mean, I know that I am an anomaly like that, but you have to say, well, I'm going to pull back from my social media. I'm going to pull back from my phone and the computer or whatever other device or vice that has my attention, such as a network series or whatever it is, uh, Netflix series rather, because I have to spend time with my kids. I have to spend time with my wife. So you do have to pull away from technology or if it's washing a car or if it's whatever it is to give that other thing attention. You do have to deny yourself or de deny something else in order to give the other thing attention. Yes, I, I do agree with that. I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of times you have to sacrifice certain things. We were having a conversation earlier today, and I'm not sure if it was you or someone else that just asked me, have I watched this particular show or series? And I just recall, just remember saying, I, I just don't have the time, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's just, mm -hmm. I mean, it just times where I wish I could just sit there and sort of binge watch something. But I really don't never really have that much time to do that because of, you know, just do these doing all of these things, you know, so it's really hard for me to kind of get caught up and trying to, to do some of those things. But you make a good point there with that. I'm going to ask you another question here, and this is pertaining more to the career side of things of the of the equation here. 
did you have a conversation with your spouse about what you wanted to do with your specific career per se? And I'm just asking that in the sense of, you know, sometimes we just, we'll meet and we'll just go to work and have a job. And then we don't ever really talk to the person about what, where we want to go, you know, what's our long-term goals or our future aspirations in our particular job. Did you have this conversation with your spouse about your situation? I did specifically. Yes. And I'm glad I did because personally I had a few setbacks, major setbacks. Our daughter got burned when she was very young and I had a medical situation and that grossly set us back financially, which in turn affected my husband in turn affected my family. So he had to make all kinds of arrangements to take care of our family. And so I'm glad that um, that question comes up because I think discussing that, having that conversation proactively helps you guys to come up with a plan and you guys can come up with a discussion to see how you're going to live material materially if you're going to have cars, homes, and when you're going to have them help, helps you go through the stages of life. Um, if it's a reactive conversation, if it's a reactive conversation, not a proactive one, cut back, make steps to and make decisions to do things better. I got it. I got it. And that's, that's really interesting because, you know, sometimes when you're first starting out, I mean, you're not, you know, obviously, especially if you have a child or children at that point, you have to take into consideration the finances of everything. And there's instances where you just aren't going to, you know, it's the, the money is almost, we live in a country right now where pretty much, you know, both people have to work, you know, for the most part. Now, obviously you can, there's instances where people still do it where there's just one person working. But for the most part, we live in a country where both husband and wife work and the dynamic that that creates you know, sometimes you'll, you'll have to make sacrifices. I remember just on my particular situation, I had to make some sacrifices because I was in a position to where I could promote up and my salary would have increased substantially. The downside to that particular situation was I would have had to move. And as I, I would have had to move, obviously the family is going to have to move. And then if we didn't move to an area that was, you know, my, my wife wouldn't have liked or you know, the children wouldn't have liked, sure, I would have had more money, but the happiness meter would have dropped on the family. So you have to take into consideration all of those things when you're getting ready to do that. I'm going to move to another question here with you. And this part is pertaining to the spouse. So we're just talking about in this situation, how important is it to have quality one-on-one time with your spouses? Meaning that where it's just you two, say, without the children. I think dating and quality time in a marriage, in a relationship, it can be very defining in a relationship. I think it's what makes the relationship. You know, when you always look at or think about a mature person, and when I say mature, I'm talking about older people. They always reflect fondly on who they knew, who spent time in their life, who meant a lot to them. They don't talk about their cars, their jobs, their money. They always said how people made them feel, how 
how they made people feel. It's always the relationships they had. So it's what you're going to invest in someone that's going to nurture a relationship. And those are the memories and the fondness that's going to bring your heart joy, I guess you could say. I think quality time with your spouse is the most important thing that can grow a relationship. I mean, if you go back to the most, the earliest days, it wasn't about money. It was about time. That that's the the true essence of a relationship. Sure. So the more time you spend together, obviously, it makes you get closer. And sometimes you just have to have that time, just to have you two talk about whatever Absolutely. is you know whatever is going on in the household per se. Like so, there might be an issue or problem that's going on, and you don't want to have the conversation around maybe your children, and you got to go out somewhere to do that now. There's a couple of people. Some people say you should do these date nights. Some people say at least once a week. Some people say once a month. I don't know if there's a specific time period to do it. I say, a, you know, a good way to maybe do this is maybe every two weeks if you can, you know, and it, and it doesn't even have to be that long period of time. Maybe if it's just for two hours or so, but just to get away and just have you two have a conversation and talking, you know, because generally if you, if you have younger children, your, your uh, majority of your time is going to be spent dealing with some of the stuff that you have to do with them, you know, their, their particular issues. And so you got to have that period of time where you can sort of get away from the everyday things that's going on in the house. So I, I, I don't know what you think on it, but I would say maybe once every two weeks is pretty good. If you can get more than that, that's even better. But I would say once every two weeks is probably sufficient. I would agree with that. I would also say that um, when I was, when people were coming to me during pandemic and a lot of people, like you mentioned earlier, were down to one income per household, money was very tight on a lot of households. So I would tell people, you can still have date night. You can still do something, have date night at home, sit outside, have a dessert in on the couch, watch a television show. Date night for me and my husband when I was in school was was in grad school, was watching, the sh- I think, The Shield on Tuesday nights. I mean, because th- we had the kids and we didn't have a whole lot of money, but we were watching The Shield every Tuesday. That was our date night. Sure. And that's something that you didn't really have to didn't involve you having to spend a lot of money or anything like that on. So that's that's something that you can do, just even if it's just something as simple as that, to where you have that time together. And I totally think that's a good idea. I'm going to... But what we're doing, Judy, is we're just basically we're asking you questions and then we're just going to there's an article from Psychology Today that we'll talk about some of the things. We, it, it mentioned some of these things that we're talking about. It has a list of 10. We won't cover all of them, but we'll just go over them uh, one by one. Uh, I'm going to ask you maybe just a couple more questions here. Uh, what are the challenges and rewards to balancing career and family? So. I guess in your specific situation, what were some of your challenges? I think you mentioned them earlier pertaining to your daughter and uh, the, the accident that she had. What were some of the challenges, though, that you had? Another challenge was actually my husband was offered a job in Savannah, and I did not want to move to Savannah. And um, also, you know, so seeking advancement when you are pinned down to a schedule with kids you have a schedule, you have a nice schedule, you like where you live, you like your house, you like your friends, you like your church and et cetera. 
you have to consider that before taking a promotion. You also have to consider how solid is our schedule, how solid. And I was in school. My husband could not make many changes due to the very strict and very confined schedule we were on. So when seeking advancement, you're very limited at that. Also, um, so promotions were not were not available to him. Yes, and, and that and that was a situation that I had described where if I had a moved, another thing we would have had to deal with is that my spouse would have had to find another job in that location. So it might have, even though I would have been making more money, she might have been making less and we probably would have just broke even or, or could have even been doing worse than what we were initially yeah. doing before we left. And so those are some of the kind of conversations you have to have. Now, my career aspirations, I would have loved to have moved up and did these things. But I have to remember, it's not just me in the house. It is everyone else, you know, so it's, right. it's other people who are going to be affected by my decision. The last quick question I just want to ask you is uh, what would be some suggestions that you would give a new young couple family that's just say has a child or something in the home? What would be your suggestion to them just starting out in this type of going on in this, in this endeavor? With children for a new young couple, I would tell them to be sure at least for the, with kids, I would tell them to always remain a united front, not to let the children see any division. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Follow through. That's absolutely for sure. Never, you know, bad mouth the other spouse around the other spouse. Make sure that you are always a united front. If you cannot figure it out, fig go figure it out. And you may have to go get advice. You may have to go talk to somebody and get advice. But there is a way to figure it out. There's absolutely a way to figure it out. Well, that's, a good, that's good advice. You know, I always say with, with young couples is in those early stages, if you don't have children and you're sort of a young couple, it might make sense to maybe wait, you know, maybe two or three years before you do that, just so that you can learn each other first. And then deal with the dynamic of the children afterwards. Now, obviously, that's in the ideal world. A lot of times we are we have I did an episode on step parenting and a lot of families nowadays are being brought together. I think almost a third of them. There's already a child involved and there's a step parenting situation and almost a third of the marriages. So a lot of people don't have that luxury. So I always tell them. If you do have the luxury, you maybe want, want to wait a little bit. And if you don't have the luxury, you know, you have to start to think and you have to take into consideration how your decisions are going to affect the other the other family members, basically. Now, what we're going to just do here real quickly, there was an article in Psychology Today, and it talked about, uh, you know, researching, basically saying what they, they did a study, basically, on married couples. And in the study, a majority of them were educated middle class couples who were dual income earners. And they just figured out they they found out that there's 10 things that make it, you know, be successful in balancing a career and family. And the first one, Judy, it just mentions, it says valuing the family, meaning that you're placing uh, the priority on the decisions that you make on you and your family members overall. I'm assuming just basically here happiness. So how important do you think that is? I think that's vital. And I also want to clarify that because you are 
looking out for your family in such a great way, it doesn't mean that you are completely shutting out what you want. I think when you are working towards your family, working for the good of your family, you're also working towards the good of you because these people are attached to you. Maybe not at the arm or the hip, but they are attached to you and their happiness is your happiness and vice versa. That's good. You know, and and another thing too is what we had mentioned that earlier is that sometimes we don't, we, we do things thinking it's always in the best interest of the family. And I just share a quick example with the audience here and Judy. Well, two, two years ago, me and my wife had a house built. Uh, it was actually a little over two years ago. And I remember one of the reasons why we built it is because it gave us more room. It was just a little bit bigger house than what we had. And our neighborhood and school system didn't really change much. So we went ahead and did it. And we never talked to the children about it at all. So I remember having a conversation with one of my children and I asked him, you know, are you ready to move and you ready to go to the new house? And he said, no. And I was like, well, why? I says, don't you want to leave and go into the new house? And his answer was, no. I says, well, why not? And he says, I like my room. <laughs> something, <laughs> something as simple as that, you know, and I didn't even, we didn't even have a conversation with him pertaining to that we were moving or anything, but it was something that's that simple. And we didn't even take into account his feelings on it or anything. And now obviously two years later, he's fine, but those are some of the conversations though. You know, if I probably have to do it back over again, I might've asked him, Hey, well, how would you be okay with us moving? Not to say it would have necessarily changed the outcome, but at least I would have known that because by the time I asked the question, we were pretty much moving into the next house. So that's something to take into consideration when you're dealing with uh, <laughs> other family members. It's as funny as that sounds. The other one that says deriving meaning from work. Now, Judy, in your line of work, you obviously earn a, a service business in the sense where you're helping people. So your job obviously has meaning to it. And when they're saying, I guess, deriving meaning from work, meaning like that, it's it's important for you and your your spouse, for that matter, and what they're doing to feel like it, they, their their job is, you know, contributing and, and important. Do, what do you think about that as far as what you're actually doing for a living? You know, some people have jobs that obviously have more, uh, that are more, I guess, more important than other jobs, but all of them are important because, you know, we are doing all these different things right. to help people overall. So what do you think of that? I think that brings up a good point because when you do plan, when you take the time to plan what you want to do, you have you do have more tendency to move into a career or into a job that you would like to do, therefore bringing on feelings of joy and happiness and contentment and returning back to the home from work, not being in a negative mood and sharing your day rather than complaining about it, being in a dull and being moody and being annoyed and having an attitude and taking that out on your spouse. So that really goes back to planning. Yes. Now that's, that's something that, you know, sometimes bringing work home, like, you know, in the line of work I'm in and I can't go into all the details of what I do yet, but that's one of the hardest work balance family things that I deal with is in the line of work that I do and which I will share with the audience at some point in the future But that coming home and trying to leave what I do at work and then coming home is one of the hardest transitions that I still to this day somewhat struggle with. 
And my spouse often reminds me sometimes of when I'm not, you know, when I'm in that mode. So that's something that's very, very important. Another one here, it says, main, uh, let's say maintaining work boundaries. And all this is basically saying is that when you're done with work, basically come home, don't stay and work extra or longer hours for whatever reasons, just to get the job done, put your family first, knowing that, Hey, I did my eight hours or I did my nine or 10 hours and then come home and don't get caught up in thinking like, Oh, this project's got to be done at this such and such a time. And I got to do all of this stuff. How important do you think it is to just literally when work is done to come home? That's really important. And actually it's way more important than a lot of people probably realize, especially since we've been moved back to our houses with pandemic because people have their computers open and not many bosses are regulating how much they're keystroking on the computers. So five o'clock comes six o'clock comes their computer's still up, they're cooking dinner and they are, you know, on the computer cooking dinner. And I tell my clients, I'm like, close the computer and go to your family or go to your spouse, close the computer. You've got to maintain limits to yourself as far as when you're going to do things you've got to have boundaries sure next one here says prioritizing family fun and now this is not necessarily just doing vacations me and my family i took the family on a vacation we went uh you know actually to the same place twice this year and it was a vacation where we all went together and it wasn't you know we only spent like three days each time but it was a getaway but it doesn't necessarily have to be a big vacation. It could be something that's just riding bikes or hiking together as a right. family. How important is it to prioritize that family fight or even having like say a game night or something? How important is it for that? That's really important because I think that you bring up a great point. Sometimes it's about riding bikes, taking a walk. I live in a subdivision. People take walks all the time. Yes. It's sometimes just going roller skating, taking a walk, going down to wherever, just anything that generates fun and togetherness. That's it. One, I'm a, there's two more, and I'm just going to cover them really fast just for time time purposes. Is It says live simple, live simply. And on the financial side of things, it says, you know, cut down on a lot of your expenses that you have. Now, we talk a lot about finances on this show, but we always say cut down a lot of your expenses we had. I had a conversation last night with someone, and they literally said that when they added up all of their streaming bills of all the different streaming services they had, they were spending almost close to $200 a month. Yeah. <laughs> now, think about that for a second. Cutting back on stuff like that and doing things that's more important, like such as maybe spending 20, 30 minutes just reading to your children, you know, if if they're young and cut all of those electronic things off. What do you think about that? Yeah. There's a lot of little senseless things that are people are spending money on that is just not important. Yes, and that's and that's what we're talking about when we say we want you to have that that quality time with your family. The last thing it just says is valuing the time. And it's not just, you know, it's not just about spending time with per se your spouse. And if you have multiple children, it's not always a thing where you're going to just do everything with your children all together. There's instances where you have to spend time with just one of your children, excluding everybody else. And that time, that time period for them is so important because they want your time and you have to give it to them. And in in your situation, did you have to, how did you manage that or 
or deal with that? It, it is difficult to divvy up your time amongst many children. We do what we have to do as parents, but I do like what you said about the quality time. You know, one thing that my mom and dad did for me is they made us eat dinner together all the time and they made us sit down and read a book. And I, and I said, well, sometimes if I didn't feel like reading, they said, then just hold the book. Wow. But I, till this day, I constantly read and I have many, many books in my house. I still buy books all the time and I always influence reading to everyone. So you, whatever we learn, we try to encourage other people with it if it was a good lesson. And we all know what good lessons were that we've learned. Absolutely. Well, Judy, we are about to wrap up uh, with the podcast. And I just want to continue to say, I don't, I don't want you just to come on just because I get good ratings with you, <laughs> <laughs> even though that's the case. <laughs> I, I love your opinion on a lot of these topics and you bring a totally different perspective to it. And people, you know, I, I always get comments about it when you come on and you've been on, you know, th this, this is your fourth time. So it's been really, you know, helpful to the show as we're as we're growing. And if you remember last week, I talked about how the numbers were and everything like that. Well, it's when I have guests like this, that makes my job a whole lot easier versus if I'm just <laughs> sitting there talking by myself sometimes, which I don't mind. But it just when I have a guest, I feel like it's more comfortable and relaxing. So. With all that being said, we're about to wrap up. Like I did mention before, we are going into the new year 2023 working on video. We were practicing some stuff today. It has not been perfected, but we are starting to get the hang of it. So be prepared for that. Like I said, if you do have a Spotify account, you will be able to watch the video in its entirety. And as we set up a YouTube channel, you'll be able to watch short clips of the whole entire podcast. So we are about to wrap up. I'm wishing everyone a happy new year and until we see you again next time. Bye-bye.